Welcome, y'all. This is Tammy, host of Grits with a Side of Murder, and I have to tell you about an amazing new sponsor we have. Help you find me. In an emergency, you know every second that ticks by can be an eternity. If someone you love goes missing, it's extremely important to track their recent activity for signs of where they might be. HelpYouFindMe.com is a tech startup focused on personal safety and security. They use decades-old methods with modern industry-grade technology to securely and easily share your important information with loved ones. All your private data is end-to-end encrypted, meaning only you and your intended recipient or recipients can access the data. Not even Help You Find Me can access it. You choose who to share your private data with and the rules by which they can access it. Each person you share with can have a different set of rules. For example, your spouse may have immediate access to your private data where your cousin may have to wait for 48 hours. Each person you share your unique information with is encrypted especially for them. Rest easy knowing that the right people have access to the right data when it's needed most. This is so amazing and it they have plans starting at only $19 a year. Yes, I said a year. Y'all need to go check out their website. Use the promo code GRITS for 10% off your first order. Or if you want a free trial, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes that you can click to have a free trial. You know, I'm, I'm a little paranoid sometimes with this true crime in my head all the time. And I certainly don't want to go missing and not have a way for people to find me. So please check out helpyoufindme.com, 10% off your first order with the promo code GRITS, or click the link in the show notes and you can get a free trial. Y'all stay safe. We love y'all. South of Baton Rouge, along the Eight Meat River, near the old Phillips farm, there's no brick and mortar, just a boiling cauldron of human disorder. Tammy's Cafe, serving up grits inside of murder. Slings and bloodshed, cartilage and murder. Homicidal leanings, the meanings all work. So lean back and listen as the stories unfold. Special today is Chris with a side of murder. Talking serial killers or a jealous rage. The centuries of evil, it's on every page. She'll lay it all out, so keep your wits. It's only grits with a side of murder.
Welcome, y'all. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm just great. Michelle has been on before. Y'all remember from La Posh Salon. And Boutique. And Boutique. <clears throat> and I don't know when I'll be able to ever make another wreath for them again. You know, somebody asked us the other day. Where's the wreath? I said, well, her roof kind of blew off. Yeah. So it might be a while. Yeah. The craft room is a little bit damaged, but right now it's mainly holding boxes of our stuff that we've packed up and try to move to a dry area of the house. Yeah. I have no idea, honestly. But I do think I have a couple Halloween ones left over from last year that I need to bring up there. You need to. Yeah. Because yeah. our, our walls are bare right now. Oh. Yeah. Well, tell them to be patient with me. They will. Anything you want to plug before we get started? If you need your hair did, who are you going to go see? Michelle. That's right. At La Posh. That's right. All right. So I got a couple things I got to bring up. The new website is live. Love it. It's been live for, uh, by the time this comes out, a few weeks. Can't wait for the merch or the swag. The swag. The swag. Hopefully by the time this posts, which I think will be October 9th, it'll be, the swag will be there. Awesome. It'll be ready. Uh, we have a new Patreon member I have to say hey to. That's Kelsey. And if y'all don't know what Patreon is, go to Patreon slash Grits. You can help support the show. We have a $5, $10, and $25 a month membership. And you get extra perks when you join. So go to Patreon slash Grits, and you'll be able to see what kind of perks. But if you can't, that's okay, because we love all the listeners. We appreciate y'all sharing our page on Facebook. Anything you can do helps us. And I also want to talk about one more thing. The new intro song by George from Florida. He wrote us a new intro song just for Grits and Murder, Grits of the Side of Murder, and it's amazing. That's awesome. Yes. Love it. I'll let you listen to it when we're done. Yes. It's very cool. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. I'm having some technical difficulties, but hopefully it will come out good in the end. It always does. All right, Michelle. I'm going to tell you a terrible, terrible story. Oh, goodness. Here we go. It's bad. I'm ready. First, I'm going to start off with Frederick Walter Stephen West. Okay. He was born September 29th, 1945. I mean, 41. We're going overseas. He was born at Bickerton Cottage, Muchmarkle, Hedgefer. And I'm sure I'm saying all those words wrong. Okay, where the hell is that? Somewhere in England, I think. Okay. <laughs> Picture everyone with British accents. Fred was the first surviving child born to Walter and Daisy West. Fred was from a poor family. They were farm workers. The family was close-knit and protective of one another. His father was a disciplinarian, and his mother was just overprotective of the kids. Classmates recall Fred as scruffy, dim, and lethargic. Wow. Um, he got into trouble a lot at school. Throughout his life, he he remained barely literate. I mean, this is the 40s, so... He might have had some learning disabilities yes, nobody exactly, knew about. Exactly. He did show an aptitude for woodwork and artwork, but when he was 15 years old, he left school completely. Wow. He began working as a laborer at Moorcourt Farm. Okay. I guess in the 50s, did you? I mean, you can just quit school and go 
I mean, nowadays, you, you need a college education to even work at the garbage place. I mean, you can't even do anything without, like... A high school graduation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, later in life, Fred claims that he was introduced to sex by his mother at the age of 12. Ew. He says from that point, he engaged in acts of bestiality with animals <gasps> in his early teens. Oh, Maybe, hey, maybe that's why he left school to go work on a farm. Maybe so. He had an open uh, supply of cows. Yes. <laughs> um, he also said that his belief in incest stemmed from his father's incest with his sister. Oh, that's disgusting. Yep. Now, just to be straight, the other side of it, Fred's younger brother, Doug, he said, all oh, that's bullshit. Oh. So I don't know which one's true, but... Doug is like, no, we weren't raised that way. Hmm. Flip over for a minute. I'm going to tell you about Rose. Okay. So you got Fred. Fred. And now I'm going to tell you about Rose. Rose. Rose Mary Letts was born in Northam, Devon. Again, somewhere overseas. And they're, I, I'm imagining they're close to one another. Her dad was Bill Letts and her mom was Daisy. After a difficult pregnancy, Rose was the fifth of seven children born into, again, a poor family. Rose's mother suffered from depression and was given electroconvulsive therapy Oh, while she was pregnant. Oh. You remember in the old days when they used to put that electric shock shit on them? And yeah, to try to get the brain right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm. That's the horror. And then they, they didn't sedate them or anything like no. that. It was... All while they were awake. Well, and she was pregnant with Rose when they were doing that to her. So, who knows? I mean, what kind of effect that had on the baby. Daisy received her last session of electroconvulsive therapy just a few days before Rose was born. Wow. Rose grew into a moody and precocious teenager prone to daydreaming, and she performed poorly in school. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On The Big Cunty Couch. Mwah. Probably because she was electric, electric shocks. In Bef- the, in yeah. The yeah. <sighs> so, Fred first meets Rose in 1969. Okay. Right after her 15th birthday. <clears throat> he was 27 at the time. Ew. <laughs> they met at uh, Keltingham Bus Station. That's how I'm going to say it. Keltingham Bus Station. Initially, Rose was repulsed by Fred's unkempt appearance. She thought he looked like a hobo. But she quickly became flattered by the attention that he could continue to lavish on her. Like, he would keep asking her on dates and she would keep saying no. I mean, 27 and 15, I think she should be saying no. Yes. But, um, 
what happened was he found out where she worked and he sent a lady in to, I think, let's see, where did she work? Uh, a bread, a bread shop. She worked at a bread shop. Okay. And he sent a lady in there with a little gift and gave it to her and said that the man outside wanted me to give you this gift. So that kind of, she was flattered. Well, yeah, I think anybody would be. Yeah. But as Fred got closer to her, he realized that she was promiscuous. Like she didn't have a boyfriend. She just slept around a lot. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was the 60s. okay so after she the lady came in and brought her the gift in the bread shop immediately after that fred came in and started talking to her and you know asked her to go on a date with him that night and of course at this point she's like yes so they go on a date they start a relationship they are frequent she is a frequent visitor at his house which he lives, lives in a place called Lake House Caravan Park. She also started babysitting Fred's two daughters. Remember, he's 27. Oh. He has a daughter, Charmaine and Anne-Marie. So, was he married? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. Okay. On several occasions in the early days of their courtship, Rose insisted that she and Fred take the girls on, excursion to gather, on excursions to gather wildflowers. Just doesn't that sound so sweet? That is sweet. But weird. Kind of. I do like that Keith Anderson song, though. Pick them wildflowers. Pick them wildflowers. You don't know it? I don't know it. All right. So, as a parent, and you're a parent, how do you feel about your 15-year-old daughter dating a 27-year-old that man? Would, that would be a no. I mean, in today's date, that's statutory rape. I feel like even back then, that would have been taboo. S- seems like it would have been. I know today I'd be like, what the fuck? No. No. So, Rose's mother, Daisy. Oh, I just realized they both had, like, flower names. Oh, Rose and Daisy. Daisy was unimpressed with Fred and thought he was a pathological liar. Mm -hmm. Mama knows best, right? Absolutely. Rose's father, Bill, who was a diagnosed schizophrenic. Oh, goodness. Who it's thought to have, he has, maybe has molested Rose. We don't have absolute confirmation. Well, that would explain her being so young and sleeping mm-hmm. around. Yep. Well, he strongly disapproved of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, if he's molesting her. But, you know, if... But then again, she's 15. He's and he's 27. 27. Yes. And has two children. Well, Bill said... He threatened Fred and said he's going to call social... Social services. Mm-hmm. a drink. Um, so there must have been something back then... If he's threatening to call social services on him, but Fred continued dating Rose. I mean, they're trying to control her, but like, what you going to do with a 15 year old in 1969? Like, I don't, I don't think you control any kid. Lock them up in their room. Well, (laughs) (laughs) they sent her ass to a home for troubled teens. Oh yeah. Do they still have those? I don't know. I I know a couple kids that might need to go to one of them. (laughs) On her 16th birthday, Rose left the home for troubled teens and returned to her parents. Now, at this time, you might, why didn't she go to Fred? Well, he's in jail serving a 30-day sentence for theft. Okay. When he got out of jail, Rose left her parents and moved into his apartment. And not too long after that, Fred went and got Charmaine and Anna Marie from social services. His two little daughters. Well, where was the mom? I'm going to get there. Okay. Be patient. 
Good question, though. So I just feel like this is, at this point, Fred 27, well, 28, Rose 16, the two little girls, I don't know their ages, one big, happy, dysfunctional family, right. you know? Well, not too long after this, Rose found out she was pregnant. Oh, goodness. That was February 1970. Her dad made one final effort to keep them apart. He sent her back to the home for troubled teens. She got out March 1970, which is just a couple months later, on the condition that she would terminate her preg- pregnancy and go live with her parents. Uh-huh. That was the condition. That was the condition. She did not do that. She went to live with Fred, and her father forbid her from ever setting foot in his house again. Wow. So that's your choices, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So she has the baby, whatever. January 1972. Oh. Fred and Rosemary get married. I can only assume that they're getting married because she's finally 18. 18 and right. maybe there's, you know, some type of law preven- preventing them or he would have got arrested. Okay, so, just in general, Fred is a builder. Remember I told you he was good with woodwork? I could use him right now, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that. Well, no, I mean, not him, but, okay, anyway, yeah. <laughs> a sane builder. <laughs> not what we're going to tell you about Fred. Fred was a builder, and he worked hard to support the family. Of course, there's Rose, his wife, and they ended up having a total of nine children. Wow. Yeah. So she had seven pregnancies. Yes. And his two. Yes. Okay. They were, and I say they, I'm talking about Rose and Fred, well-liked by friends, neighbors, everything seemed normal. They lived in Gloucester. I mean, other than a big age difference, I guess they appeared normal, like a normal family to everybody on the outside. Let's fast forward. 1987. All right. Sorry, I needed a sip. What are you drinking? Um, Black rum. Bermuda black rum. That Tommy left here, and you got to go listen to his episode. It's really good. Yes. <laughs> you like the yes. black rum? <laughs> it is. It's really good. Smooth. Very smooth. That He loves it. He said mm. it's awesome. Okay, 1987. Fred's 46 years old. Rose is 34. And to me, when you say 46 and 34, that's not that big of a deal. It's not, no. I mean, really? 27 and 50. Like, your brains aren't even fully developed at no. that point. But they're still together. Mm-hmm. Fred and Rose's first child, you remember the one she got pregnant with at 15 years old? Right. That child's now 16 years old. Okay. Her name is Heather. Okay. She goes missing. Oh. All the normal procedures were done, you know, and taken by the police. They they searched. They got the media involved. All the stuff. They never found her. Oh, wow. Fred and Rose made it sound like she ran away because she was a troubled kid and a bad kid. And eventually, over time, Fred and Rose would joke to their other children, if they were being bad, they were going to put them under the paving stones in the backyard like they did to <gasps> Heather. Wow. You don't joke about that shit. No. That would be like me telling my husband, I'm going to throw, tell one of my other kids, I'm going to throw you in the river like I did so-and-so. Right. But you didn't do that. No. We even (laughs) bury our damn dogs. We don't even throw them in the river. Right. No, that's terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. That was 1987. We're going to fast forward again. 1992. Fred's 51. Rose is 39. 
I need you to hold on. And if y'all are squeamish out there, just turn it off now because the story goes downhill from here. And I don't want anybody tweeting at me that it's too, I mean, just be prepared. Okay. 1992, Fred is 51, Rose is 39. Fred asked his 13-year-old daughter, Louise, to bring some bottles to the room on the first floor of their home. Now, things are different over there. Their first floor is like their basement. And then our first floor is like their second floor and et cetera. So, from looking at the pictures of this, this was a basement. This was not a first floor or what we would consider here. I mean, bottles. What do you mean by bottles? I don't know. I mean, back freaking, I don't know, 1992? What are you, recycling Coke bottles? I don't know. Either, well, I don't even, yeah, Coke bottles. Baby bottles? Water bottles, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just said bottles. Okay. Let's just say he has to bring something down there. All right. Shortly thereafter, Louise's siblings hear her scream, no, don't. Louise was found by her siblings writhing in pain, sobbing that her father had raped and sodomized her. (gasps) Yep. Mm. Um, At one point, Fred was even strangling her. When Rose returned home... Louise told her about what happened, and she said, oh, well, you were asking for it. That's what the mom said. Oh, wow. The mother of... You, oh. Are you fucking kidding me? No, 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 no. No. One of my kids tell me that shit? They under the pain mm-hmm. stone. Yes. So, over the following weeks, Louise was raped three more times by her dad, which, get this, was this make... Ugh. The rape of the da- by the dad's bad enough, but the mom, Rose, was involved or at least witnessed at least one of those rapes. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, um... Oh, goodness. They had seven <sighs> kids. Jeez. After she, after she was raped that time, Rose took her into the bathroom and, you know, Ro- Louise is distressed and bleeding and Rose is trying to clean her up and she's like, well, what did you expect? So... I just feel like she is the coldest motherfucking bitch. Right. What did you expect? Yeah. Like, what What the what? fuck could... What, what did I say? She was 13? Yeah. What the fuck could a 13-year-old do right. to make you do this to Absolutely her? Absolutely not. I mean, punish her, spank her ass, whatever right. it is. Take away her cell phone today, whatever right. it is. Yeah. Even back then. Right. You had a cell phone. So, um... Poor Louise got up enough courage to tell one of her close friends what her dad did, and then the friend's mom went to the police. Yay, save the day. Yes. All right. Now, I don't know why, so don't ask me, but it took almost two years for the police to begin a search. Wow. A search for the first order. Well, I think just a search in general of their house. Of their house. And, okay. you know, I don't know what happened in that two-year time period. The, I mean, talk the, about dragging ass. The story just picks up from this point two years later. Wow. I don't know if they needed more evidence and it was Louise's word and they, you know. Yes. I mean, you know. Sometimes I'm not. Yes. I'm not. They, girls can be bitchy and yeah. I'm a girl, so y'all don't get offended by me saying that. But I know there are probably some girls out there that would make charges like that against their dad just because they're being pissy little teenagers. Right, right. So, I get it. I get both sides. We happen to know the actual bad side of it. But if this dude's never really been in trouble. Exactly. I mean. Right. 
All right. So I don't know why, but they start by searching the backyard. Fred is freaking out. He's losing it. He's threatened to sue the police. They start digging a little bit deeper in the yard, and the police find a human thigh bone. Oh, no. Yeah. They had a doctor on site, like a forensic. Right. He could tell that the bone was from a young female, and to top all this off, there's a broken sewer pipe in their backyard. They're digging through muck and mud and shit, basically, trying to find more bones. And they find two more bones. They've got three leg bones all together. Three? So was Heather a three-legged child? (laughs) I was like, three? Yeah. So that kind of led them to say, okay, who else is there? Right. Who else is there? Yeah. Um, They went on and they realized they had the bones of three different women, females, females. Yeah. They... They figured at this point one was Heather. So maybe they were trying to connect the dots with Heather way back when, but they couldn't prove anything. And now they have a 13-year-old saying, he's raping me. So maybe through all that, through the proper channels, they had to get some type of search warrant. Yeah, they probably did. You know? Yeah. All right. So this is about six months after they're finding bodies in the yard. They, They get a search to go into the household. And they start in the household. They find numerous objects, sexual nature, paraphernalia, including 99 pornographic videos, both the kind that you make at home and the kind you buy. Ew. Yep. They did not find the video of Louise being raped, however. So Louise said that there was a video. They they videoed it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh man. Mm. So, even though even though they didn't find a video of her, Louise Louise made a statement completely describing her father's actions. The sexual abuse started when she was eleven years old. Oh, that's sick. Her mother did never did anything about it. She said all the children in the household were placed in foster care the next day. Good. So, yay! Yes, good. Although it took two years. Right. But when all those children were examined medically, there was evidence of physical and sexual abuse with the other children. Oh, gross. So, while the children are in foster care and they're interviewing them, they they told the the police or social services, whoever's Mm -hmm. interviewing them, that their mother had inflicted most of the physical abuse their their father was more of the sexual abuser their mom was a physical abuser but their dad always told them that if they ever told anybody what was going on in the house they'd be buried under the patio like heather like i told you right yeah so finally police confront fred he confesses he says that heather and two other women were buried in the garden One was Shirley Robinson. Do you want to know who she was? Yes. She was one of Fred's girlfriends who was pregnant. Oh, wait. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So, he had other girlfriends while he was married. To Rose. To Rose. Mm -hmm. And so, she was like, oh, I'm pregnant. And he, oh, well, then you got to go. 
either that or he was like, okay, well, you can come live in the house with all these other children and my wife and just shut the fuck up or whatever. Okay. Was the other one the ex-wife for the two? We haven't, we haven't found out who the other one is just yet. Okay. They're still, it takes a while. Yeah. During the interrogation, he kept insisting that Rose had nothing to do with anything. Like, he was protecting her 100%. Yeah. Because, like, how are you going to live in a house with all that going on and not know? Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. So, the cops didn't believe him, you know. No. But he told the officers and inspectors that he was guilty of manslaughter and they could arrest him. But he's going to get out soon. That's what he told them. Oh. I guess it's like he thinks when he stole something and went to jail for 30 days. Right. He was, he's above the law. Yeah. Evidence found the thir- with the third, okay, wait. Evidence found with the third victim showed that she had been murdered. She had a head and chin, her head and chin wrapped in a leather belt. At this point, they still don't know who she is. Um, it's just bones, so they have to kind of try to use the teeth for identification. Mm-hmm. And they have this, like, I watched this video. They have some kind of magic computer shit where they could put their teeth up there, and it would, like, build a face based on the teeth, what it would look like. Wow. It was pretty cool. It, it would is. It would, like, frame a jaw and a face. Whew. But they, but, I mean, still, you can't just put what this computer would generate in the media and expect people to identify her. Yeah. So, this took quite a while. Or maybe go through the missing persons. Yeah. Say, okay, well, this looks like this girl. All right. Mm. And some people did that. Well, yeah. some people came forward and said, hey, my daughter's missing blah, 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 time. Mm-hmm. So, with that being given, we're going to back way the fuck up to the winter of 1968. When Fred is 27 and Rose is 15. Remember they met? Way back when? At a bread shop. Yep. Well, a young waitress went missing from a bus stop. Mm. Yep. Five years after that, a student went missing from a bus stop. The police thought that maybe one of these two women could be the third victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, A psychologist was brought in to analyze the case, and he immediately felt that there had to be more than just three murders. He was like... There's no way this dude could stop for so long no. in between cases. No, and he's gotten away with every one up to this point. Right. Even his own daughter. Right. That's... Oh. 1972, Caroline Roberts worked for the West family as a nanny. So she... I mean, with nine fucking kids, I guess you need a nanny. Yeah. She sees all this shit going on in the news. All the shit being unearthed in the backyard. And then it said that three bodies were found under the paving stones. And that triggered memories for her while she was their nanny. Hmm. What did she see that didn't add up? She immediately went to the police. She told them while working for the West family, she thought it was very strange that they were always having visitors during the day. Well, when she asked them about it, they were like, well, Rose is a masseur. She does massages, so oh. people are coming to get a massage. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But then Fred, in the middle of this conversation, says, I can do an abortion on you if you ever get into trouble. I mean, I've done them before. Oh, no. What the fuck? So he's done abortions on these uh, women. Yeah, well, and- that's what he's telling their nanny, mm. uh, Caroline. So I'm like, I thought this dude was a builder. Why the fuck is he telling his nanny he can give her an abortion? <laughs> 
So, well, after Fred says that to her, she's like, peace out, motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> she leaves. Good call. But they get, oh my God, they get her to come back. Uh, well, that's on her. <laughs> they convince her to come back. They go pick her up. They're in the car. Fred punches her and knocks her out. Fred and Rose bound her with tape. I guess like duct tape. The nanny. Yes. After they convinced her to come back, they went to pick her up for her to come back. Right. Fred punched her and knocked her out. Fred and Rose binds her up with duct tape and takes her to their house. Straight up kidnapped her. Mm-hmm. You gonna be my fucking nanny, whether you like like it or not. Uh-huh. They get her to the house. They give her a cup of tea. Oh. As the British do. That, that'll make everything better. Is it lavender calming tea? <laughs> Rose kisses Caroline. Fred watches. Shit's getting real. Then they both start kissing her. And she tries to act like she's going along with it because she's just scared as fuck. Right. They stop messing with her and they say they're going to take her home. But that's not what happened. They started kissing her again. And she ended up being raped. She's screaming for help. Rose puts a pillow over her head and smothers her. The good thing is she lived. Okay. Yes. Please ask. Why in the hell did she not go to the cops after this? I mean, I'm assuming she was terrified. I think she had to be scared as fuck. Well, absolutely. But she survived and you report a crime. Well, the very next thing I have written down... Fred and Rose threatened to kill her if she told anybody about what happened. I mean, I get that. I get it. And, and thankfully, I've never been in any kind of situation where somebody told me that. Right. But I would like to think I'd go, fuck you. I would like to think that too. But Put the gun on my, sh- on, on my hip. Yeah. And I dare you. I'm going to the cops. I mean, but I feel like I because she had probably just been so traumatized with the rape and everything and almost dying from well, the smothering. Right. Now, PTSD. Who knows? Who, who, I'm with you. I would have eventually gone to the police. But her situation might have... Well, she was probably just thankful she got the hell out of that situation. Yeah. She's alive. She can go on with her life. Yeah. Scared to death. She lived, and they threatened to kill her. However, they kept her in the basement. Yeah. They would whore her out. Oh, man. Yeah. They told her they were going to whore her out, and when she's all used up, they're going to bury her under the pavers in the backyard. Pavers again? So what she does is promises, if you let me go, I promise you I'm not telling anybody. I promise you I will not tell anybody. And wow, (laughs) they let her go. I can't believe they let her go. And she didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I would have never kept my word. (laughs) She did go to the police. But after the fact. No, 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 no. When they let her go, she did go to the police, but she was terrified to testify, I, so I, nothing came of it. I could, you could, I, I could understand that. They actually got a small fine because oh. she wouldn't testify. You know, it's horrible that victims have to feel even more victimized by testifying. Yes. Like, why don't they let them testify on Zoom or yeah, video? Yeah, video it. Video. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's like witness protection shit. I agree. I think a lot less women, a lot less women would be victimized and a lot more women would be able to come forward if they did have some type of protection. I form. agree. All right. So as rough as that was, 1973. 
a girl named Linda Goff went missing. Her parents, G-O-F-F. Okay. Her parents see the news about all the bodies in the West's backyard, and they call the police to see if this could be their daughter. Yeah. Linda Goff lived a couple doors down from the West family. Linda's mom was going around looking for her when she went missing and was knocking on neighbors' doors. She knocked on Fred and Rose's door, and Rose came to the door wearing her daughter's slippers. <gasps> this is this is back when she went missing. And now, how old was the daughter? Do we know? Um, I'm going to guess like probably around 15. Yeah, to 19. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess. Oh, yeah, he he seems to like them young. Yeah, I don't think I have her age. Wow. Dang it. Okay, so. The mom even was like, why are you wearing Linda's slippers? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, she was over here the other day, and she left some stuff over here. Whatever. That sounds like bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. During Fred's interrogation, after they brought him in, you know, they asked why Rose would be wearing Linda's slippers, and he did not give an answer at all. All right. Let's take a breath. That bitch got some balls. Wearing the slippers. Right? While answering the door. Well, I mean, she clearly gives zero fucks like him. Yeah. And I guess he had to find somebody like that to live through life. Well, absolutely. Because what sane person would even think about letting that happen? Mm -mm. Overall, the detective said this was an ordinary house. It had a church on one side, front yard, backyard, just a normal neighborhood house. When they started searching it, they found... Some of the bedrooms were equipped with recording and listening devices. The cellar or the basement was the most significant part of the investigation. It was self-contained. No windows, no doors. Obviously a place where you could go and nobody would hear you or disturb you. And while searching the cellar, they came across more remains of bodies. Wow. The media caught wind of this, and they were, like, all over the place at this house. Mm-hmm. You know how they get with the vans and the... Oh, yeah. Hanging over the police rail and pictures and... Yeah. So, it also became, like, worldwide news. It wasn't just local. There were... Even tourists would go there to the streets to take pictures. What? Of the house. Oh. I know that's fucked up, but... That I, is pretty fucked up. I might up. do that, too, though, really. <laughs> I really might do that. All right. Now that's fucked up. All right. So the lead investigator in the case was contacted by Fred's attorney. And what do you know? Fred drops the bombshell. He wants to confess and admit to nine killings. Nine. Yes. The detectives are floored. They're like, what? Yeah. Fred goes on to say, Rena Costello, his first wife, whose name I've never said before now, but you keep asking about that poor lady. Well, I mean, I I was wondering who, why would he have custody of his kids? Yep. Most of the time, especially back then in those days. He killed her. He killed her. Well, at some point I remember reading that he told Rose (laughs) that either his wife had died or that his wife had left them Mm -hmm. when he was courting with her. So, she probably asked, where's your wife, too? You yeah. Know? And but, he, you know, as deranged as she was, he might have told her the truth. And she was like, mm, you're right. She's out of the picture. She's like, okay. Yeah, that's fine. So, remember how I told you his daughter, he had a daughter named Charmaine? Yes. He also killed her. That was from the 
the, the, the very first wife, the Charmaine and Anne Marie. Right. He also killed her. Yep. And Linda Goff, whose parents came and asked. Yeah. He killed her. Oh. Still checking out the house and yard and the basement. They stripped the house basically inch by inch and found five more bodies. How you keep that smell down? Well, here's the thing. Why keep them at your house? Is it a trophy? Probably I don't for know. Trophies. Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a swamp. We have swamps. We can, <laughs> <laughs> we can hide the bodies. You know? Amen. Gator bait. Gator bait. <clears throat> okay, so they ripped the house apart inch by inch. Of course, they couldn't really identify the bo- the bodies right away. Like I said earlier, where were These they were finding the bodies? Fucking bo- like, like in the walls in and shit. Walls? Okay, because at first I was thinking, okay, when, the pavers had to be no, it had to be huge. When I said when I say they took a ho- the part the house inch by inch, that's literally what they did. The inside. Right. And if you go upstairs right now in my house, it looks like they're searching for bodies in my house because yeah. the drywall is fucking ripped out. Uh-huh. Ida May fucked it all up for Ida, us. <clears throat> that bitch. <laughs> Scary bitch, too. Okay, like, eventually they figured out who, uh, I mean, like, it. in some cases it took 20 years for them to figure out who some of the bones belonged to. One of the people, and you know I always like to mention the victims, because I'm not trying to glorify these people who are killing. I want, there is a loss here. Yeah. Lucy Partington, she was actually missing for 20 years. Allison Chamber was actually the third victim they found in the backyard. So it's not even somebody we've even talked about in the mm-hmm. story so far. So overall, Fred confesses to 12 total victims. Yep. Twelve. Yep. First he said nine, then he was like, "Well, hang <clears> on, <throat> there might be one in oh, that wall shit. over there." He's probably like, "Oh, I forgot about her." Yeah, yeah. that's a uh, ten, eleven. T- yeah. So not all the bodies were at their house. Okay. He killed and disposed some of the bodies in other locations. They found Rena. That's his first wife. Right. Mm-hmm. Her body had been in the ground for twenty-one years. Not far from Rena's body was another woman, Anne McFall. That he was having an affair with, and she was also pregnant. Yeah. It took, because it, it had been so long, he couldn't tell them exactly where she was, and so they had to search. It took a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> but they found her remains. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he obviously has no conscience. He's like, oh, wait, um, let me think where I put her. I mean, uh, maybe it's over there. I dude. don't know. That's All right. sick. The cops found all types of tapes and tubes. Still on the remains of the bodies. Tapes stuff, and tubes. Stuff that doesn't so he, dis, de, disintegrate or degrade. He tortured them. Probably. Oh, that's terrible. <clears throat> I don't know. This story is pretty fucked up. Yeah. This guy. So despite the fact that Fred said Rose had nothing to do with it, the police also arrested her. She knew. But get this. It goes a little wonky here. Mm-hmm. Whenever they were in court together, like, of course, they're housed in separate prisons because it's male-female. Yeah. Whenever they're in court together, every time they saw each other, Rose snubbed Fred. He would try to touch her or hug her, and she would turn away. Like, yep. mm-hmm. he did this. He got me in this situation. Yeah. He blah, would blah. tell her how beautiful he was, she was. And all that. Okay. She needed some more shock therapy. <laughs> no, she... I know, yeah. I know. It was her mom. That, oh, I, I know, got you. But, you know, obviously she felt it. Out of the womb. In the Out womb. of the womb, she yeah. needs more shots. Yeah. Okay. 
So they're both in jail, and Fred wrote Rose a letter on her 41st birthday. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're beautiful, and I love you, and blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's just say blah, blah, blah. Yeah. On New Year's Day, 1995, Fred made a rope and hung himself. Oh, pity. <clears throat> he said pity. that was all he had left to give Rosemary his wife. That was all he had left to give her. His death. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he did us a favor. Saved us some money. Well, I 1,000% agree. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like he got off easy. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, he killed himself, and of course, he took the truth with him to the grave, and there was no evidence against Rose, so it looked like she was going to get off. Oh, I hope she didn't. Yep. They went to 25 Midland Road. That's an address where Fred and his former wife, Rena, lived. And the body of the murdered child, Charmaine, was under the floorboards. Oh, my God. had been there over 20 years. Charmaine had last been seen in 1971. That was the same year that Fred spent nine months in prison. And Rose had her. And he left Charmaine in Rose's care. This is vital evidence to get the conviction on Rose, right? So they had to prove Rose killed Charmaine while Fred was in prison. They had to find a picture of Charmaine around that age to compare her bone structure and her skull with the remains they found. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, you know, sometimes Jesus comes through. Oh, yeah, for sure. They found the original photographer that had taken pictures. And had the exact date the pictures were taken. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, that's like winning the lottery. Yeah. Kind of odds. Yeah. Yeah. So in October 19, they were able to compare basically what Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Like her bone structure. Yes. Yes. All that. Yeah. To the date. These are the dates oh. I took the pictures. Okay, yeah. I'm the photographer. I keep all the records. These yeah. are the dates. And good thing he still had them because, you know, a lot of what? photographers after so long, especially in those times where it wasn't it is, digital, yeah. they have all these, I don't know, films. Mm-hmm. So they have to get rid of them at some point. Mm-hmm. So, oh. Bless this man or woman's heart. They never did. Yeah. So in October 1995, Rosemary West was arrested and charged with 10 counts of murder. 10. Good. She pled not guilty. Oh. Yeah. Remember Caroline, who couldn't bring herself to testify in the beginning? Mm-hmm. She was the star witness Good this time. For her. She was the ace in the hole Way this to time. go, Caroline. Yep. The jury found Rose guilty on 10 counts of murder, and in November 1999, she was convicted of 10 murders and sentenced to 10 life terms. Mm-hmm. The judge said she should never be released. Absolutely never. Now, the house where all this shit was going down, Mm -hmm. where Fred and Rose lived, 25 Cromwell Street, in 1996, it was demolished. As it should have been. Supervised by the police. The police still speculate that there were probably more bodies there, but they could never find them. Yeah. And there were some other victims that I didn't name. That I want to tell you about. All right. These happened between 1967 and 1994. Mary Bathholm, Carol Ann Cooper. I think I said Lucy Partington earlier. Teresa Siegenhalter, Shirley Hubbard, Juanita Mark, Mott, Shirley Robinson, and Allison Chambers. 
R.I.P. And don't forget all the freaking West children who were victims of all well, this shit, too. I was going to ask. I wonder, hopefully they're living their life and doing great things and not being crazy motherfuckers like their parents. Right. And I hope so, too, however. And healing. Well, I know a lot of times in other countries when children are in situations like this, they literally change their names. Really? Yeah, like the the government changes their names so that they don't get good. have this follow them their yeah. whole life. Yeah, and and continue being victims. Oh yeah, and that being said, I didn't even try to search any of the children. Yeah, because I mean, number one, what what good would it do? I hope they're doing well now, but yes. hopefully, hopefully they are. Yeah, hopefully they've been productive members of society and found the right person to have beautiful children with and happy memories live happily ever after i mean you can you can always take lemons and make lemonade Absolutely. i say that all the time so. it's your choice actually yeah. it is that's the story of fred and rosemary west oh of course crazy. i went to wikipedia and murderpedia because you, you know i love those two yeah but there is also a documentary that I watched called Crimes That Shook the World. Mm-hmm. I like to give my credits out where credits are due. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that shit show? That was a shit show. That was repulsive, actually. Just yeah. as a mom, I'd kill a motherfucker. Dude, they, I am right like, there with you. You know, like... I remember when my first child was born, and, and, and he was a, a small little thing in a little baby swing. Yeah. And a wasp got into the fucking house... Mm-hmm. And a rage came <laughs> over me like I've never experienced before. Right. And that was a little fucking insect. Yeah. I can't imagine if, like, a human I know. were to do something to one of my children. Right. I mean, you even have trouble, like, when your kids played sports. Like, my son was in football. Yeah. Thankfully, he was the big boy, you know, but I'd be like, then little man. Oh. He just knocked him down. No. <laughs> you know, you got to think. You know, Don't you kidding. tackle my son. That's right. <laughs> leave my baby alone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, yeah. that's the story of this week for this yeah. week. That's crazy. I'm, I'm glad he's dead. I think she should be dead. I don't know if, I, you know, and I know it's in another country. Right. I don't know. Do we ever so put here's down... Women, uh, well, as far as first, I, I say, first, put down like a dog, but I mean, really, if they deserve it, then they. In know. America, we definitely do. I think other countries are a lot less likely to do that. I cannot quote the exact mm-hmm. um, yes or no in this case, well, but I do believe she's still incarcerated. Yeah. But that's another thing. I've during all my research, like Canada and Europe and Australia, I found that even people co- who commit heinous crimes and get quote unquote sentenced to life. Mm-hmm. In other countries, they can still get out after like 20 or 30 years. Really? Yes. Wow. It's wow. crazy. Yeah. Well, hopefully they have a better rehabilitation. Did I say? Yeah. yeah rehabilitation. How's that rum? How's the rum <laughs> taste? It's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully they have a, a better rehab system than America yeah. because, yeah. you know, I mean, these people serve time and most of the time what does dalton say they either a preacher or they still a criminal right right yes indeed yeah all right guys so hit us up facebook grit suicide and murder insta i think it's grits and murder i'm sorry jordan's not here he runs the instagram we also have a private group on facebook and on the private group 
the great thing about that is you can post stuff too. It's not just me throwing shit at y'all. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, you had two. You have two? I have a Facebook. Facebook? I, yeah, I have a Facebook page called Grits with a Side of Murder. Right. And that's usually where I put the episodes out so that y'all can see what episode is out. Okay, okay. The Grits group. It's called Family, Friends, and Fans. That's right. So you can post on that. If you join that group, anybody can post in there. Okay. You can post funny memes or, I see. hey, I'm, I'm following this story mm-hmm. about this person. Does it? What do y'all think about it? Mm-hmm. Like, you can just interact with other people who are Grits fans. All right. And invite, invite, invite. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Invite, share, like, follow. I just, in fact, when I was on my way over here, I shared... The page. Oh, let me hurry up. Oh, yes. You can also invite your friends. When you're in the private group, if you, I did. If you invite yeah. friends, they'll automatically get approved to be in the group. I don't have to go in and approve them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's just some somebody, you know, yeah. just first time going in, then I have to go in and approve them. But mm-hmm. I haven't denied anybody yet. Yeah. Just don't go in there and be a dick. I mean. No, don't be a dick. Life's too short. Fucking have fun. That's right. Yellow. Hey, you need to go. Did you read? Bert from Brazil. Oh, Bert, I love you so much. Have you read his review? I did. It was awesome. The, it was it, awesome. I, I look. Yeah. Can't stop laughing. I know. I love me some Bert. Brazil. Bert has actually it. sent me a I story. need to go to Brazil. Oh, I do too. We should go. Let's plan a trip. All right. And we'll go by Bert's town and. He can show us around. We can see him and his husband or boyfriend. I'm not sure which one it is. I'm sorry, Bert. But we can go see them, and he can show us around. Yes. And um, Bert sent me a story that he somehow translated from Chinese, <laughs> but it's 20 pages long, so I have to figure out how to wrap my brain around this, because I think it's going to have to be a two-part wow. episode. okay. Yeah. Fun All right. Times. So, are you ready to go have some drinks and maybe eat some wings? Absolutely. I'm and always can... ready to eat Harold's food. All right. Harold's meat in your mouth. All right. <laughs> we love y'all. Lazadico Mike, take us out.